This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose, great dribbling by Don Vose, and still Vose, he gets past another, oh what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season! And that is remarkable, the Bull Boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's back coming in! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a black Friday, but today is a red Saturday! again for another episode normally rich does the intro but there's no rich this week rich has moved moved house and no wi-fi no wi-fi provider so i enlisted the help of another uh well-known figure or you maybe you don't know him actually you maybe you know him better as wrexham spares the the account that's bailing a lot of people out stockport away couldn't get a ticket i know wrexham spares was there to help you on twitter uh will clayton is on the pod the the brains behind that account will how are you doing yeah i'm good thanks mate how are you yeah, I've been I've been a bit better to be honest. Uh, Chesterfield, you were there. Uh, I I painfully had to listen to it on the radio. It, yeah. If I'm being blunt, it, it wasn't the best, was it? No. Well, I think I'm speaking on behalf of near enough everyone in the stadium that it was really painful to watch, and I, I can't remember seeing a string more than two passes together. It was that what, bad. What was what was so wrong in that first half that we just so. <clears throat> so off the pitch, was it was it just the plan? Were the were the players just individual mistakes? I mean, what from your side? I mean, also, where are you sat in the ground? Like, what perspective have you got watching the games? Well, 
I sit behind the goal in the Eric Roberts role, known as the Rex Rent. And right. um, I conceived the game pretty well. And I think the game obviously started well in the first five minutes and they got a goal from a free kick and definitely not the player's confidence, as you can you can see 100%. And I think a lot of the players have come in who have been playing in COVID maybe for like their first season or whatever, breakthrough season with no fans, and they've come to Wrexham in front of 8,500, 9,000 like a week when you play at home. And I just don't think they can cope. You know, it's like if we're playing bad and the fans will get on their back, I, I don't think they're coping with this like um, pressure that, that they're being like given. To be honest with you. It's, it's not it's, it's not you know we, there are a number of big teams at this level now you think of kind of Stockport and, and Grimsby and others but the pressure is immense isn't it in terms of what was it 9,147 you know yeah. Wrexham's biggest Wrexham's biggest league attendance in midweek since what was it 1979 yeah I did near, see that on a Tuesday night, which is absolutely bonkers. You think, right, Chesterfield, yeah, brought, you know, it's crazy. And you think the the, the tech end and, and Yale, we've also, I don't know if you saw those doing the rounds on Twitter, the new plush padded seats that have been put up above the, yeah, kind yeah. Of the disabled platform. So it must be soon, no? It's uh, all yeah. eyes on Torquay now, I think. Yeah, that'll, that'll be very interesting to see if they come across, like, and obviously interesting to see how... Um, how the performance will be by the players as well, see if anything's changed. And to be honest, I'm hoping for a new formation, different type of tactics. Obviously, it's not going to yeah. happen overnight, but I think two weeks. Is it two weeks until our next home couple, league game? Couple of week, couple of weeks now, yeah. So you, you think you've got we've got a week off, haven't we? This weekend we're off, the part yeah, of the 23 yeah. team. Then we've got Marine away in the cup, which is I think Wrexham spares will be busy for that one, given that probably get an allocation yeah. of about 300. Um, well, to be honest, it's busy every like Friday night, Saturday morning sort of thing. I bet, I, well, just just honest. to get onto that, but before before we get into um, before we get into kind of you know, we put out a graphic Rob at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter. Do follow us if you don't already. Hopefully you do. You already listened to this podcast, but if you yeah. don't, at Rob Ryan Red, um, we put out a graphic saying what needs to change. Before we get onto that, let's talk a bit about yourself and kind of following Wrexham and you set up Wrexham Spares. I mean, how did that account come about and, and how have you found that the the huge interest in that account in terms of getting tickets? Well, it started because um, the first game of the season, obviously it was Solihull. It was meant to be Yeovil, but it changed to uh, Solihull. And a lot of me mates that I normally go to the footy with, um, they were messaging me saying, well, we haven't managed to get tickets. Like they've sold out within, I think it was half an hour they sold out in. Mm. And I even struggled to get a ticket. I managed to get a resale ticket. And I was in work and I just come up come up with the idea. Well, I didn't come up with it, but I sort of copied the idea off um another like Premier League club. Yeah. And I sort of thought, you know what, try it, see what happens. Um and then next thing you know, in like two days, I've got 650 followers. And for the next, I think we had Notts County, I I met up with like six or seven people, like sorting them out tickets and that. And it just, it went mad, to be honest. It was good. 
and it's and it's still kind of a, a busy thing that that Thursday Friday nights are draining yeah. your phone battery. It sounds like yeah. Well, it's hard to get like uh, reply back to people during the day because I'm in work and that. So I, I'm looking through me uh, notifications on Twitter in the evening, and there's just so many going through because obviously if they have a ticket, they tag me in it. And then I get notifications if people reply back to the like the other person's post. So it's crazy. A, to bit, be honest. a busy, yeah. a busy man. Um, yeah. But yeah. Do do go follow. It's at Wrexham Spares, isn't it? Do go follow that yeah, account yeah. if if you're. It's just worth a follow because if you're not able to get a ticket and you or you maybe you need to change it. I needed to change my ticket and give it away for Eastley when I when I was ill. So definitely use it and it's a good resource to to connect the Wrexham community yeah. another another vital resource to go along with the podcast yeah. it's really great to see these new accounts now now if we move on to back to the game we, we put out that graphic and I'm, I've actually pulled up your one to, to get us underway before I start throwing various different fans so you wrote to us so I put what needs to change and I listed did a few things you know set piece woos which we can get on to I think Set pieces yeah. are a real problem. Mark Crichton, particularly, was critical last night of that, as was Neil Ashton. Yeah. The midfield, the midfield <laughs> is still not right. Um, strikers looking starved of service, and I just put, what is our plan? Now, this is what you put back to us, and we'll get this one started. You put, we need a leader. We need a strong holding midfielder. We need a midfielder that knows how to create chances and is not scared to run with the ball. We need to scrap the long ball and the management need to give their players heads a wobble. Otherwise, it's another year in this league. Now, this is year 14. You've had a bit of time to to settle on the game and, we, you know, we didn't get beat. We got a point. Do, do you stand by that assessment then that, that we're lacking leadership? We're lacking at yeah. all the midfielder? What yeah, do you think? definitely. Um, I think if... The problem is, if we go a goal down, I don't really think we have a type of player, obviously I haven't got a clue, but I don't think we have that type of player to, to just get onto the players and just lift them up. Um, I think Young's too nice as a captain and I think that might be why Toza might have been brought in as like a behind-the-scenes type of captain. But um, I, ju- I just don't think there's that real leadership. So, so mm-hmm. on, I feel like you can see it on the pitch as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, no, Mickey Thomas, you know, yeah. Mickey Thomas on the radio last night said that, uh, you know, he said Wrexham need two or three more and they need a leader. He said they need to get a captain, which, you know, for someone like Ben Tozer or, or an Aaron Hayden, you know, vice captain at, at Carlisle, I think he was, it's pretty yeah. damning to, to think that, you know, Mickey Thomas has watched that and he, and he, he loves Wrexham and you, you could hear the pain in his voice at the end at the performance. Well, he's very experienced in the game as well, isn't he? So mm. he obviously knows what he's talking about. And, and, you know, you look at, but I mean, I've watched quite a few games and what I'm not seeing is anything close to what Sean Pearson would have given us. Was he still no, at the club now? Yeah. You know, I, I know Pearson's struggling to get into that Grimsby side for whatever reason. I don't watch Grimsby every week. And I don't know the ins and outs there. But but he, he would always give you that vocal presence, a bit like a Jay Harris always would give you that. Whereas at the yeah. minute, we don't seem to have anyone south of Mullen. I think Mullen can be quite talkative. <clears throat> But outside of that, I think we've got we've got worries in terms of we're, we're very quiet and that's affecting us. I think. Yeah, exactly. And I always thought that we should have off, offered him a better contract than a year. And I think it maybe in the contract it should have been to keep him a bit more behind the scenes 
just to add that experience as well and knowledge and obviously leadership that I think everyone knows that we're lacking at the minute. Mm. One of the kind of the big problems that, that people have brought up is is this formation. Now, after the Grimsby game, we, we had Tommy Kaus on, <laughs> you know, uh, Tommy now at, at the Daily Post doing, doing great things there covering Wrexham. Uh, and we said about, you know, is it time to ditch 3-5-2? You know, we've got turned over by Grimsby. It doesn't seem like Parkinson has a plan B in terms of doesn't seem like he wants to deviate from 3-5-2. You've seen enough games now in these these first nine games. You've seen enough of us to think: is, is it time to to go to a flat back four, a four four two, a four three three, four two three one? What, what do you think? If I get that you know you're not a manager and, and neither of us are, but no, we've all no. got we've all got a, we've all got opinions. And, and for you, with the players we've got, do you think we need to persevere with a three five two or or cut our losses before we get even further behind? I think. 3-5-2 works with centre-halves that know how to play football out from the back. And it worked well as in the type that we've got Tyler French and Hassano or record on the wings pushing forward. It works in that sense. But obviously, as you can see, Hayden, he's not, not comfortable on the ball at the minute and hopefully he does improve. But he sort of runs out from the defence and then does this long ball and it skips the midfield, which is also very frustrating. And it was the same with Lennon last night. He just couldn't pick a pass out. It was just kept going to their defence every time. So in all honesty, I I would like to see a, a different type of formation next time. Apparently the last 10, 15 minutes... I wouldn't know because I left quite early last night. Um, <laughs> really, I wasn't happy couldn't, with couldn't, the performance. Couldn't, no, couldn't stomach it anymore. No, it was it was very painful to watch. And yeah, apparently we changed it to four three three. I think it was, and everyone said to me how like how well we played and how attacking, and we actually got the ball down and played. So I don't know. Maybe four three three might be the backup formation, but. I don't know. We'll see. You th- you, so you think, in principle, stick with the three-five-two if 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 we can get the right players to to play that. Um, I think I do think we should change it up a bit because Torquay's another massive game, and it's we've picked up disregarding Dagenham at the start of the season. We you would have classed Chesterfield. Grimsby, Notts County, all those type of teams to be our big mm. promotion rivals. And we've picked up two points. Yeah. And Torquay are another big promotion rival. And I think that's a must-win game. I think going into the game yesterday, anything other than three points, like no matter what the type of performance it was, I think it was going to be bad if it wasn't three points personally I think we needed a win last night and we didn't which is very disappointing now I hope you're enjoying today's episode as always you can get in touch on our socials our twitter is at rob ryan red our email address is rob ryan red at gmail.com and if you are new and this is your first 
time listening to myself and Rich. Do go back and check out the old episodes. We've got Curtis Obeng talking about the 98-point season. We've had Adriana Mokon talking about working with Don Vos and Gary Mills. We've also had Adrian Chislevich on talking about the FA Trophy final. So do go back through the catalogue and check those. Right, back to the episode. So let's get on to some of these comments. And like I said, I put it out on, on Facebook and Twitter. One of the ones that stuck out that, that got quite a bit of traction was one from Matt Jones. He said, I think Les Reed has a lot to answer for. He did the squad analysis. He's in charge of recruitment and he was involved in selecting Parkinson. And right now, none of the above look great. Where, where do you stand on that? Then we've touched on, you know, Pearson was, was let go, wasn't offered a, a contract he felt was satisfactory. Yeah. We brought the players in. I mean, first chance we've had to speak to you on the pod. What are your thoughts on on the players we've got and Parkinson? Because right now, both <laughs> are seemingly under pressure, as is Les Reed. Well, I, I think blaming it on Les Reed is, is a bit of a joke, to be honest with you, because when we were bringing all these signings in, I mean, I don't know anything really about f- footballers in the Football League, really. Mm. And everyone was think, saying, wow, these are amazing signings, this, that and the other. And we've played eight eight games. And, you know, I mean, there's always going to be someone to blame, but to that comment, it sounds like they're writing them off already. And um, I I don't think they should, because, like I said, I I don't think at the minute they've got the the nerve to play in front of a big crowd. Um, And I don't think it's Les Reed. I mean, he's done it at Southampton, hasn't he? So... Mm. If you look at the players he's brought on, I really don't think he's to blame at all. I mean, it, it you know it's an interesting debate, and another one that that it came across to me when I when I was looking through potentially quite controversial. Craig Jones said, you know, dare I say that that Jordan Davis is not good enough if we want to be title contenders. Seems the type of player who will have one good game in five and and isn't being used correctly what are your thoughts on Jordan because again even last season he seemed to really divide some some absolutely love him some don't like him in that number 10 some want to see him pushed wide what what are your thoughts on that I think people love him because he's a Wrexham lad and he's from Coydee and do you know what I mean there's all Mm. when there's that same with Rob Evans when he was at Wrexham everyone like loved him really just do you know what I mean but yeah, I, I do I do agree with him, and I thought the last few seasons with Young, I think he's been an average player playing in a very bad team, and I think when Davis come in last season, okay, he scored a few bangers, but mm. I also think he was an average player playing in a bad team as well, and um, personally, with those two players in the midfield. I really don't think that they're the players to get us promoted. Okay, possibly keep them on the bench and bring them on. And but I, I just I don't see them to being the players to take us up to the football league. If I'm being honest with you. So we're looking at it now. I mean, you know, I, I've I've already gone on record as, as as being, you know, quite vocal in my support of of Luke Young, and you know, I've I've said that actually. I think this time out now, you know, he's out for six to ten weeks. I yeah. actually think I actually think it will lift some of the criticism off him because I think he was being scapegoated for for a midfield that yeah. none 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 of the players in that midfield are performing to anywhere near the level required. I mean, I, you know, I think James Jones will come under a lot more scrutiny now. Luke Young's out of the team. 
And uh, and so I put that to people, you know, the midfield. I think there's been you know plenty of criticism leveled at the midfield more than the defense, probably. And that's why that's why we spent the big money, you know, two hundred thousand on Tozer and a reported rumored sort of a hundred hundred and fifty thousand on on Aaron Hayden. So yeah, which I I thought was very strange spending all this money on the defense because I think in the past four years the defence has been nowhere near our main concern. Mm, and absolutely. all right, we leaked we leaked a few goals last season, but I still think maybe adding one or two rather than a full revamp of the defence, I think it was needed, that one or two signings, but it was always going to be the strikers and the midfield that was going to be the main, main signings. And obviously we've got the strikers in, we've got Hyde and Mullin, which I think are the best signings of the season but the midfield it's it's nowhere near good enough to be challenging and Mullen and Hyde are just feeding off scraps game in game out and you look how many goals they've scored so far it's good considering they're playing over the top three balls and having to do it themselves because their link up plays that good I just think if we had good midfielders I think we'd be winning games by quite a handful to be honest now now paul eric roberts said he just simply wrote try 442 it's that simple um I, i'm not totally sure it is that simple but no it's on, not that simple <laughs> if we go on if we go on that formation there as one option 442 do you think we actually have got a squad built with enough wingers that we can actually, no. you know, my argument is we don't have the orthodox wingers. I think you could probably play Jordan as a left midfielder because he can get up and down. But then who do you play on the right? I don't, I don't. I fly think four four two is quite a know. dated formation now in like the modern day football. I, it's very rare you see a team play four four two, and it's also very rare you see a team do well if they do have four four two as their formation. Um, I don't think we have the players to play with 4-4-2. I think 4-3-3 would be the ideal formation for us. Obviously, I think we could play um, like two holding midfielders and an attacking midfielder and then mm. try out with three attackers with Mullen and Hyde and maybe Diorangus. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Doing the running. Yeah. But well, which which which, which, which striker which which striker do you push out then in that three? Because in a four four two you would allow Mullen and Hyde to stay together. That's probably the beauty of the three five two as well that it allows you to have the two strikers together. The question is, which one are you going to have as a wide forward? You can imagine, say, a Dior Angus on the right. Do you do you push Mullen out wide left? Do you no? I you, you, um, you push Hyde out with the with what I've watched so far this season. It's been more Hyde that's been pushed out on the wing to do like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's mm. varied, but I think I'd push Hyde out on the wing and obviously they do the tactics. So we can sort of like tuck in on the tacks and stuff like that. But I think I'd start Mullin central and Hyde and either, cause I quite like Ponticelli when I've seen him this season, I think his movement has been very good. And obviously with the tactics, with the throwing, when we started him coming in and, pulling out the defenders I think that that's been all right but obviously hasn't worked but yeah I'd put Hyde on the on the wide formation on that one 
another message now. You and Lloyd Ellis, hopefully I got that right, said that you know Parkinson has to make substitutions a lot quicker. Angus came on around seventy-eight minutes. We didn't start the second half particularly well, did we? Really? I no. Mean, in the course of the game, I know we had that late flourish, which may have been after you'd gone, actually, in terms of Mullen gets yeah. the goal, Hayden hits the bar. But it, I don't know. In the second half, you've seen, I put a stat out recently, and I mentioned it on the pod before, about these poor second-half displays where Wrexham just don't seem to turn up. It's funny that, for once, it was the first half, which really yeah. cost us. Well, it was um, at Stockport, wasn't it? I thought, it yeah. was, uh, I thought that was... Same par as um, Chesterfield, I thought. Really, that, that, that second half against that, that second half against Stockport was was particularly yeah. poor. I was there for that one, but you know, in terms of, do you think do you think Parkinson's not pulling the trigger quick enough in his decision making, or, or do you think he's just not got the options? I think the he's got too. Of? I think he's got too much trust in his players, and that's obviously a good thing. But it obviously didn't work out in our favour yesterday because we made one sub and. At the start of the second half, we brought on Tyler French, which, in my opinion, should have started because I think he's been our, other than Mullin, but I think he's been our player of the season so far. I think he's been outstanding. Mm. I think he has been like really good in that uh, wing-back position. Um, I think we should have brought someone on 60th minute mark because the game was still dead. And I think it was crying out for, I'm not sure how to say his name, but McAllendon. I think yeah, he's been, Liam McAlinden. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 one of them that again, um, you know, kind of really divide an opinion again, and and uh, as is Hayden, and, and Hayden's probably the one who brings me best onto this next point by Mike Davis, who said playing long ball in high winds just does not work. We were cut open again and again with one pass from defence to attack down the wings. There's no midfield presence, and Hayden Mullin. If we were, if it wasn't for Hayden Mullen, we'd be relegation fodder. Not sure I buy the last point, but but going on, on on the on the long ball in the high winds, it that seems to be you. You came up recently on a pod. You remember Sam Wedgbury when he used to launch the ball directly from yeah, kickoff, yeah, like an NFL kicker. It, it does feel that Hayden's been instructed to go for these long diagonals, and they just yeah. don't seem to be paying off today at the minute. I think that goes down to lack of trust in the midfield, really, because um, yesterday I felt there was a lot of drive coming from, especially when the the centre-halves had the ball, and I noticed with Hayden as well, and I hadn't really seen this much of him, but there was no real real movement in the midfield, and he'd just drive the ball, and he'd, he'd get lost for options, obviously, because... Mullen and Hyde are so isolated with their defenders and then he'd panic and almost just try and do a long ball and hope someone would run run on the end of it and to be honest I I do think that I think if Devontae Redmond I think if he had the chance where the balls play to his feet and he gets to play the ball short and good passing I think he'd come along well because I do think he is a good footballer and I just don't think this long ball tactic that he's being thrown into just doesn't work out well to be honest with you. I mean, we, we, look, we were warned various episodes of this podcast by former players and, and fans of other clubs that Parkinson have been at that you know it isn't pretty but it's supposedly effective 
And so yeah. far, it hasn't hasn't even been really that effective. Um, there have been no. spots. I mean, you know, I was at older shot. I know the game got got squeegeed off where you know it became yeah. this unbelievable story. And, you know, Rob McElhenney, we need to get out of this effing league. Um, yeah. But uh, you know that that was a two 0 performance, and I think what it showed me in comparison to last night was that we will get away with our shortcomings in midfield against lesser teams. You know, Redmond had he had no pressure when he came on. He wasn't being pressured on the ball. Davis was getting stuck in. Mullen and Hyde were running them ragged, even on a, a crap pitch. Hosanna yeah. looked lively, and and I heard Hosanna look lively again last night. He was, yeah, he did. He did, to be fair to and, him. And and, and 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 you know, he's we've got this option now where we seem to be a bit like the England national team in the way that we're, we're flooded at right back. You know, we've yeah. got Resaw Johnson that was my player of the season last year. You know, we've got. Uh, Bryce Hosanna now coming into his own and, and really starting to gain a bit of confidence. And you've obviously got Tyler French, who, as you said, has been one of our best players this season, playing in that yeah. right wing back role. Yeah. Um, another nod for, for two players, Matteo in here saying, Lainton and Mullen are keeping us in games. He goes on to say that, you know, formation's not working, no presence, and we're being overloaded in wide areas. But if we focus in on Lainton and Mullen, Huge penalty save, wasn't it? You right in front yeah. of you that also that, that, a real that was a game changer, wasn't it? it? Yeah, a real rash decision for him to come out and make that type of tackle that he did because everyone knew that was going out for a goal kick and he just comes out, slides, and we just thought, What have you done? Mm. The game's over now. But real big save. And I think the the crowd got behind him so much rather than giving him stick. I thought felt like that sort of lifted him and gave him that motivation to save it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, it felt like a turning point in the game, I felt like. Yeah. Well, it, it, I felt like it was a turning point in the game where we were going to go on and get a goal, but it just went straight back as if nothing happened and we couldn't pass and everyone... Oh, it was, it was awful last night, really bad. I think, I think the difficulty was that it... It, we immediately went in for the half-time break, so it sort of kills any momentum you, you gather from it. You know, like yeah. Chester, Chesterfield would have been rocking by that. You know, you, you could see that Shamanga after was itching to get a goal just to make amends for missing the penalty, and yeah, and you know they, they didn't win the game not just because he missed the penalty, but he will feel guilty, no doubt. And I think just the half-time breaks completely neutralised any momentum gathered by that. Um, yeah. But but you know, Lainton has a record of, of being pretty good on penalties and. And as you say, we, we've got to got to thank him there for that. I know he gave it away, and, and when you watch it back, he'll no doubt be really disappointed by that. And quite unlike him as well to, to be so rash yeah. coming out, as you say. You know, it was it wasn't sort of bearing I down think, on goal. It was edge of his box, wasn't it? Really, in terms of the, yeah. the touchline. Yeah, well, I think that goes down to lack of leadership in the team as well, because I think there was quite a lot of players that were going into tackles as if they lost their heads, and I think that's when it needs someone to just say, boys, calm down, regroup and just go back to the basics. And there definitely wasn't anyone on that pitch who was doing that last night. Now, I hope you're enjoying today's episode. As always, you can get in touch on our socials. Our Twitter is at Rob Ryan Red. Our email address is robryanred at gmail.com. And if you are new and this is your first time listening to myself and rich do go back and check out the old episodes we've got curtis obeng talking about the 98 point season we've had adriano mokon talking about working with don vose and gary mills 
We've also had Adrian Chislevich on talking about the FA Trophy final. So do go back through the catalogue and check those. Right, back to the episode. And, and a word on Mullin then, you know, I mean, what what's left to say about him? I mean, he, he came in as our as our big signing along with yeah. Ben Tozer, but 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 Mullin's delivering in spades so far, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's definitely feeding our scraps. He could have a few more, missing a couple one-on-ones, and I think he definitely should have had Artrick and Stockport in the first half, but we won't we won't go on about that. We won't go um, there. Don't go back to that, please. No, exactly. But um yeah, he's definitely. I think same with Jay Kide as well. I think other than that, it, if you didn't have that injury, I think they'd be on similar amount of goals. I think they just play off each other so well, and that's a real good striker partnership. Considering they've been together for eight games, it's really good. You've seen quite a few different teams now. I mean, it's difficult because we we don't have that. You know, that older shot game has been scrubbed off. That would have been three points, and I, I'm hopeful that when we replay that game, that that will be another three points. But yeah, you know, already ten points off Grimsby now. We've got to be careful, haven't we? I know we've yeah. got this bit of a break now. It's this this break now. Actually, I think comes at a good time for Wrexham. You know, a good chance to reset. Yeah. We've got the cup game, Marine. I think a good cup run. I think we should take that seriously. I think a good cup run can, can help us with play. momentum. I think we should play a strong squad, get the team's confidence back, ready for Torquay and go again against Torquay and just get the three points because I said it, I said when we lost against Grimsby, I said the league can't be won this early, but it can be lost when you're playing your big, big rivals and you're losing and losing points against them because they're vital points, aren't they? It's it's all well and good losing games, you know. No one's expecting Wrexham to be invincible. It's all well no, and good losing no. losing games away from home, but it but it's a major worry when, um, you know, when when they come to the race course and we don't have a a fortress. Now, now one of the things that came last night was, if you look at these performances so far, and you look at what we had in in that final sort of season of of Keats and Keats ball, if you wanna if you wanna go with that term, yeah, you know, when you look at it in terms of how how strong we look as a side do, do you think we've regressed in terms of would you think we've become a lot more vulnerable uh, in terms of you know defensively it's un, it's unquestionable now that under Keats we we were much more solid with with arguably yeah, we're, lesser we're defenders yeah we are definitely um a lot more vulnerable at the back and I think set pieces are woeful and I think over the last four or five years where I've said we've had a good defence, I've never worried about conceding off a a set piece. And this season, I am. And especially when that long ball comes over. And I think especially when Toza's dealing with it, because he's the centre man and he's sort of the last man, when he deals with a, like a a ball over the top, especially last night he can get caught out and it's quite worrying to be honest with you considering how much we've spent as well when we look at players on the periphery then before we wrap this up look at the, you know there's there's got to be an opportunity now hasn't there for players on the periphery you think of Sean Brisley's not yet had a go you know injured in that Tamworth preseason game Dan Jarvis was sat in the stands at Stockport Cam Green you know, it looked like a nasty injury to Jamie Record last night, replaced by Tyler French. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's there's got to be an opportunity in the cup. As much as we want a strong team, we've we've got to give people an opportunity to prove themselves, haven't we? Yeah. I'd like to see um, 
Dan Jarvis and Cam Green in the starting lineup for the FA Cup qualifier. I would like to see them get a run out. I am a bit disappointed that Cam Green hasn't started well, and maybe been on the bench a lot more because I do think he is a good player and offers something. And I do think he might offer something in midfield because he's quite a, a technically good footballer. And in the friendlies, okay, we didn't play anyone like massive in our league. Hmm. But in the friendlies, I thought he looked sharp as well. But it's just one of them, isn't it? Let's hope. Yeah, it's, I, mean, I mean, Jamie Record's sort of dependable in the sense that he, he's probably viewed as more defensive-minded from yeah. Parkinson. Um, and, and, and I'd have to say that... Record I think he's been has solid taken, Yeah, I think he has taken a step up. And I think I think the wing-backs have probably been one of the bright spots of, of Parkinson's system. It's just that back three. And I know Ben Tozer said they're gelling and still figuring each other out, but that there's got to be a lot more talking, hasn't there, in terms of yeah. the three of them, just, just to get that. Otherwise, it's going to take a whole season to, to get bedded in. Well, I think there's only so... I think there's only so many times you can use the we're gelling as a team sort of uh, scapegoat now, to be honest with you. It's nine games in, and I mean, Chesterfield, how, how many new players have they had? Like 20 new, 20 new faces in, mm. and they're playing as if they've been playing for ages now. And do you know what I mean? They haven't used that as a scapegoat. It's just, they just need to look at themselves and just think, hang on a minute. I don't think it's the gelling. I think it's just we need to step up a bit here. Well, I mean, there's, there's I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling to all these comments now, so I just, I'll shout some of the names out that the people that we haven't got around to reading. But Nick Jones, Mark Richards, Craig Nolan, Llewellyn, uh, loads of different people on here. Thanks so much for all your comments. Uh, it's a shame we couldn't get through all of them, but do get in touch if you want to. Uh, share we're gonna have a weekend off we're all gonna get a bit of a, a break will yeah. so it's a wreck some yeah. spare at some spares should should be quite quiet but um yeah, yeah. So do, do give wreck some spares a follow do get in touch with us at rob brian red we also got a lovely email this week uh rob brian red at gmail.com uh nice words about the podcast and we're racking up the episodes now you know closing in on 40 episodes so thanks yeah. for your kind of continued support on that uh, and as always, weekend off, and we'll be back before the Marine game. Catch you all soon. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.